I thought you were going to break out that I, I just up and dance down the aisles of our work just for no reason and start singing. Yeah, you I got think it. that's beautiful. It's really not. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 82 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... Hi, everybody. This is Bubba Cleese. How y'all doing? <laughs> doing well, Bubba Cleese. Uh, where did you come from? Oh, I just got off of work. I'm the busboy over at the Dirty Towel. My brother, Horsey Cleese, is sick, so I came over here to do this for your podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the show. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, you haven't seen Miguel around anywhere, have you? Yeah, he's right over there behind that door. I'm just kidding. Ask me, man. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, happy to have you back on the show, Miguel. <laughs> yeah, I have issues at times, I think. <laughs> we already know you have multiple personalities. It's okay. I, I ain't getting no hate mail, am I? I've I never seen Bubba Cleese before. That's a new one. <laughs> He's a good family guy. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also have a couple of very special guests on this week's episode. Why, uh, thank you. Aside from Bubba Cleese, uh, <laughs> Mr. Joe Keating and Miss Layla Del Duca. Funny people. They are very funny. Uh, they're the creative team behind Shudder, which is one of our absolute favorite image comics. And we had Joe on the show back in October and talked a lot about Shudder and a lot about some of his other series, but it was a blast to have him back on again, and we talked a little bit more about them and the creative process and just all kinds of interesting things. So we're going to play that interview for you in just a little while, but first we're going to go over this week's comics. So uh, what were your top two this week, Miguel? My number two was Airboy number two by James Robinson and Greg Hinkle. Oh, yeah. Airboy was fantastic this week. Uh, it's a really, really messed up book. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard for me after book one came out. As you know, there was uh, Many Faces of Dong, and uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. And yeah, many... we, we talked about that with Jimmy Robinson. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Dong, a lot of drugs. But it was funny. And so I had to get two, and it dis- disappointed. It was pretty damn funny. Of course, there was Dong in there again. Not as much. No, no. Not nearly as much as the first issue. There was more drugs. There was a lot more drugs. Uh, if you don't know the premise for Airboy... Basically, the creators, James and Greg, uh, have written themselves into this book. And in the book, they've been tasked with creating a modern series for a character from the 1940s called Airboy, who is the superhero who can fly. And they have to figure out a way to make him interesting in the modern times. So, you know, they start trying to find inspiration wherever they can get it. And what they decide to do is go on kind of a crazy bender. And they do a lot of drugs. They drink a bunch of alcohol. They go and they hang out at crazy strip clubs. And all kinds of weird stuff happens. And they take Airboy with them. Well, what happens at the end of issue one is they have a shared hallucination where Airboy appears to them. And you don't know if he's real or if they're imagining him. But in issue two, you find out that he's pretty much real. And he starts uh, following along with them and their exploits. And he's kind of questioning them like, are you guys supervillains? Because heroes wouldn't do these kinds of things. And it's really funny and just really, I mean, it's twisted for sure. There's a lot of really dark stuff that happens in the book. But it's also incredibly humorous and just really kind of psychedelic and trippy, and I love it. Yeah, man, we need to reach out to James and Greg and find out this is a true story. I'm just wondering. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not. But, but what if it is? I'm pretty sure it's not. <laughs> I will say, though, that it was my number one book for the week. Okay. I, I really loved it. It's a great book. Uh, so what was your number one? Oh, man. I'll go back to one of our good friends, our good buddies, uh, Nail Biter number 14 by Joshua Williamson. And Mike Henderson? Yeah, Mike Henderson. Yeah. It is really good. Uh, it did not quite crack my top three this week. Shame. It should have, probably. Uh, I actually wrote a letter to Josh 
in the back of uh, issue number nine, they were asking people to fill out a questionnaire about their favorite horror movies and some of the scary things that have happened to them in their life. And I wrote a letter, and Josh ended up putting it in the back of this issue, which is really cool. How do you have time? You I mean, you complain about time, and, and how do you write letters? I don't know, man. How do you read the back part of the book? It was for Josh Williamson. I felt like I could do it. I understand that, but it was the back part of the book. We had so many books. That how, many, I mean, how, how do you get all those books in? You don't ever read the, the notes in the back of the book? And stuff? Dude, I'm busy trying to power through all these books. I guess I read a lot slower than you. You must. I don't know. I, like, uh, some of the most interesting things happen in the back of those books. You, know, you get little notes that tell why the creator has written the thing this way. Like Scott Snyder, he goes into a lot of detail about his history and why he's writing about witches and, and all the dark things that have happened to him. Rick Remender always talks about how Deadly Class is so personal to him and the things that you know inspired him to write this, like his, his childhood growing up in the 80s. Josh writes about things that he likes in the horror world. Just a lot of creators put really cool things in the back of their books. And if you have the time, you definitely should read it. I don't do it for every book. I can't say that I do. But you know, for this one in particular... I felt like I had to write in because it was about horror movies and the things that inspire him. And uh, I just, I really like writing. Thanks, man. It made me feel like a dick for not reading the back parts of their stuff. They're going to call me out on this. Maybe. I'm going to get some Twitter hate. (laughs) All right. I promise. Starting next week, I will read the backs of the comics. You should. I will. There's a lot of good stuff back there. Okay. (laughs) So what was your number one? Uh, my number one, like I said, was Airboy number two. But uh, my number two was Deadly Class number 14 from Rick Remender and Wes Craig. Uh, this was a really profound issue. You know, it's all about Marcus coming to terms with what's happened in the last few months. You know, he's approaching the end of his first semester at the school. Maria is gone. Nobody knows what's happened to her. But after Chico's death and after the whole fight with his family, she disappeared. There's speculation that she might be dead. There's speculation that she just ran away. Uh, but it's starting to look more and more like Saya, the girl that uh, Marcus was pining after, is actually responsible for Maria's death or disappearance at least. Uh, it's very good, very interesting, very personal story because you could see him going through some really dark times and trying to cope with it. There's a lot of dialogue. It's a very wordy issue. It's not action-packed. But I don't know. Something about it just reached out to me, and, and it meant a lot, and I really liked it. You dated two women before in your time, and you crossed one? Is that what it is? No, that's not it at all. But I understand depression pretty well, and it was it was good to, to see that brought to life on the page. Okay, player. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my number two. Uh, what was your pick of the week? Uh, my pick of the week was We Stand on Guard Number 1 by Brian K. Vaughn, Steve Scrochi, I think, and Matt Hollingsworth. Uh, I don't know what to say, but we the bad guys? <laughs> That's all I can say. It was really good. It was actually my pick of the week, too. It's a brand new book all about Canada. <laughs> oh, Canada. Uh, apparently, something happened where Canada went to war with the U.S., and the U.S. just bombed the shit out of them and took out their country. No shit. There was a lot of bombs. And... Uh, you know, there's some survivors in the Canadian wilderness, but it, it seems like the U.S. has started migrating north and taking control using these giant robots. And, you know, there's a little bit of a resistance, and you get to meet them in this first issue. Uh, some crazy stuff happens. You know, they end up killing one of the pilots of this robot. Uh, they find a girl who was, you know, the girl that you first saw in the beginning of the story as a little girl when the bombs dropped. Now she's a fully grown woman, and uh, they're trying to feel her out and see if she's really a Canadian or she's an American spy. Uh, so there's a lot of really cool stuff that happens, and it's a very interesting perspective and a very unique twist on uh, this sort of story, which Brian K. Vaughn is great at doing. Hey, when those bombs fell, you saw the dad, like, mangled and all burned to hell, and you saw the brother there. What happened to the mom? I'm pretty sure she just got obliterated. <laughs> you think, or she may come back around, maybe? I don't know. I mean, it's possible she survived, and we may see her in flashback scenes or something, but uh, she's not around right now. 
<laughs> it's not much of the dad either. Oh, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> but it's it's a really good series. It's a great number one. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn obviously has an amazing track record. Why the Last Man saga? Go pick this up. That's all I can really say. It's great. It's interesting to take to be the bad guys. Yeah. At least we think we're the bad guys. Yeah, we don't know the whole story yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll figure out more as we go along. Brian writes really epic sort of stories, and you find out things, little tidbits here and there, till you get the big reveal at the end. So I'm I'm looking forward to reading more of this. I think the thing about the book that also brought me into it was the way it was drawn. It's it's very nicely drawn, and I, it was so cool. And you see the robots and the detail, and that. I thought it was really good. So yeah, I'm on I'm on board. I love Brian K. Vaughn, and I of course love how the art was done. So yeah, fair enough. Uh, there's also one book that I wanted to give an honorable mention to this week. Okay. Uh, you'll hear us talking with Joe a little bit later about the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, which is an organization that helps creators when they need legal representation or when they get older and they're no longer creating, but things come up where you know, they're, they're not the owners of their properties anymore. Uh, so this is an organization that does a lot to help comic creators, and some of the creators want to do things to give back to them. And one particular group of creators is the team behind Punks, which is uh, Joshua Hilfialkov and Cody Chamberlain. So they put out a special edition version of punks called the comic book legal defense fund special. And it's really funny. Uh, the very beginning of the issue, they start talking about the comics code from the 1960s and all the things that were not okay to do or not okay to put in comic books. And then they seek by the end of the issue to violate every single one of the rules and stipulations. And it is a laugh a minute. It's a riot. Uh, I loved it from the beginning all the way to the end. I'm a fan of punks anyways. And uh, I can't say enough good things about this. Plus, if you buy it, 20% of the profit they make off of the book goes towards the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. So it's a great read, and it's for a great cause. So go out there and pick it up. Support these creators. Uh, that's all I really got. That's funny, man. Dog. <laughs> Dog, I swear, gets into the, the crazy stuff. And what's funny is Fist. Fist didn't get much in his book, and he was, like, pissed about it. <laughs> it's pretty damn funny, yeah. I, got, I, I laughed a lot. I was like, oh, my God, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's pretty much it for this week's uh, comics discussion. So I'm going to go ahead and play the interview for you guys. Here is Joe and Layla. Welcome to the show, Mr. Joe Keating and Layla Del Duca. How are you guys doing today? We are great. Yeah. How are you? We're doing wonderful. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys don't know who uh, Joe and Layla are, they are the creative team behind one of our favorite image titles, Shudder. I almost went the wrong way there. I was going to say a totally different comic book. <laughs> no, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Which one? I thought he was going to say Saga. Like, what? You can't say that. No. <laughs> uh, I don't do that one. <laughs> it's a great book, though. It is a great book. Oh, no, but we love Shudder. We really yeah, do. Yeah, we, we really do. Uh, it's actually kind of a funny. Um, we thought that issue 12 hadn't come out yet because oh. <laughs> issue 12 didn't actually make it to our comic shop. Uh, oh. We had some kind of weird shipping error, and I didn't get a copy of it. So I only I'd only read 1 through 11 when I set up this interview, and then I realized 12 was out, and in a frantic panic... I ran to the shop and picked up 12, and I read it, and oh my god, it's amazing. He went to a comic <laughs> shop that was like three hours away from his house. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. I'm a dedicated fan. What can I say? <laughs> I hope it was worth the drive. It was. I loved it. He went to Don't let him think he's all that. <laughs> he went to a musical thing with his wife and went into a, a comic book store, and da-da, there it was. Like, holy crap, we didn't pick it up. We got to read. <laughs> awesome. Sweet. It's a good thing, too, because it, it was an interesting issue. <laughs> It was yeah, a lot of things coming together there. Uh huh. Well, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about Shutter. Uh, we had Joe on the show back on episode number forty-five, and uh-huh. he he kind of gave our listeners the general pitch for Shutter. But it's been a while, so they may need a refresher. Uh, why don't you guys tell our listeners what Shutter is all about? 
Do you want to do it this time? No, you're, always, ah. you're still better at it. All right, let's do the same thing I did last time. I guess. <laughs> uh, Shudder is an ongoing series from Image Comics about a kid, Christopher, who is a really famous explorer. She's last in the family dynasty of explorers. She quit 10 years ago for reasons nobody knows, and then she, uh, the family secret gets out. Um, I mean, issue 12 is out now. I can't just say what it is. Yeah. Right? So she's got a bunch of siblings she never she didn't know about, and uh, people keep trying to get her to deal with these basically family sins past. She just wants to live her life, and so it's basically her, I don't know, dealing with all this family secrets so she can get her life back. And I don't know. It's pretty cool. Yeah. There's, <laughs> <laughs> There's fantastical elements everywhere. She does not live in a grounded world at all. Yeah, it's weird mixing with format and... I don't know. Yeah, whatever. It's good. It is good. It's very good. Thanks. I hope so. <laughs> Clearly, Kate's father was a player. Uh, that or he was it just genuinely yeah, irresponsible. <laughs> I I always like envision him really genuinely caring about the women he's fathered children with. Oh yeah, for but sure. But he just is irresponsible, like you yeah. say. Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think his look is real. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think he's disingenuous. Yeah. Well, when you see him in the book, he's drawn so, I don't know, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? He's, he looks like an upstanding gentleman. Yeah, he looks like a really kind of nice guy. He looks like he's with a fly. And awesome, he, yeah. And you're going to turn it on, it's going to be some kind of freaking psycho killer. <laughs> Some bad, something bad's going to happen. What's well, the, yeah. the parallel to uh, Kate's mom, who looks like a she-devil? I don't know what that is, man. <laughs> I'm assuming that's Kate, Kate's mom. You haven't actually said explicitly that it is. Oh, yeah, it totally is. Okay. It is, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. She got the power. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about some of the things that have changed since the last time we had you on. When we had you on, I believe issue five or six had just come out, and uh, they had been swallowed by the dragon. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was six. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was a while ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. a lot has changed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the first six or so issues were kind of just setting the stuff up and kids kind of flung in this world. And, you know, one of the criticisms we got was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, that's the point. Like, you're not really supposed to. Uh, and now, you know, the second volume is entitled Way of the World. And that's kind of what it's about is like, you know, kind of starting to see what's behind the curtain and everything and the mechanics uh, of it all and the whys kind of thing and uh yeah i don't know that, that yeah you, you we've learned a lot since then we've been through a lot together <laughs> yeah. yeah well the book the tone of the book has shifted a little bit between the first volume and the second volume where, where the first one was it's very random and yeah. there are a lot of unanswered questions there and in the second volume questions start getting answered and kate finally comes into her own and stands up for herself and learns to take control of her life, whereas she's kind of just hoped everything would have gone away in the first volume. Right. Well, so I, I think she's okay. still holding on to the, the wish that things would go back to the way they were. I mean, yeah. issue 12. So now she's learning she to accept that it's not. And so what does she do from here? Well, that's for you guys to answer. She's going to kick ass. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is exactly what Joe's writing her doing. <laughs> that's a big through line in the next story. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the next five issues. There's a lot of ass kicking. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, and that's where we're at. So that the, that was like the first year of the book, first act of the book, I guess. And uh, now it's like everything's set up. Now things are like starting to like come together and stuff that seemed totally random out of the blue at first. It's like oh, well, there's totally a reason for that thing to be there. Like it's not totally. Uh, people aren't exactly who we think they are. There's a person in the. Uh, a character who's introduced in the first, very, very first arc. In fact, the, not the first issue, but the, the second issue. 
it was seen to be one thing, and now we're discovering like, oh, there's a lot more to that this character than than, than we thought, and that's actually a big through line of you know, uh, in the first story arc in the first year, first act, we are introduced a lot of people, but you know, it's kind of like life, you know, people that your first impression of, of someone can be really off from what the reality is, and of course, there's a lot more under the surface, and that that we get more, we dig. I guess it's kind of a thing of the through line with the book, like we keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, and yeah, there's a lot of digging. And then these next five issues, ten issues. Yeah. Um, cool. So do you have a uh, plan for when the book is supposed to end? Are you intending to make it, you know, 30 issues or is it just an ongoing and, and you're not really sure when it's going to end? I don't want to exactly, yeah, I don't exactly want to say it's all oh, there's X amount of issues because, you know, there's a ton of variables there. But we do have it completely planned out. And I'd, uh, I've already written the last three pages of the book. In fact, I, I wrote those before. I think it was. I think I asked for the first issue. I don't remember, but it was like written all, but concurrently with the last, the first issue. Um, so there's a set ending. But, you know, things change. Like you know, it's changed a couple times in terms of like what we thought the length might be. And you know, luckily it's we're at a point where you know our single issue sales are fine, but our trade sales are really great. Our digital sales are so strong, and the image is really beyond the book. So we've got this freedom to kind of dictate. Oh, okay, it's going to be this. So we've got a good idea, but I don't exactly want to get it out there just yet because I don't want to be tied down in case. I don't know. We're at, we're, I guess I'm saying we're at a very privileged spot. I'm very grateful to be at this place where we're, like we can dictate how long it's going to go for. You know what I mean? And I don't want to get tied down. Like I remember when uh, Brian Azzarello did an interview towards the end of Hundred Bullets, and when, the, when, he, when Hundred Bullets first started, he's like, "Oh, it's going to be a hundred issues." And then when it was about time to end it, he was like, "I wish I never said that because <laughs> because I want to keep going." You know, like I, I had more stories to tell. You know, he came back into the Brother Alano series and stuff and all that kind of thing. Um, so I, I, that, was, that was a big, and also like kind of even personal experience. Like I did a book called Glory, and when I first started working, I was like, "Oh, I want this to be seventy issues." And there's a little, I guess, misconception of what happened there. Because what happened on my end was I started writing it, and three issues in, I was like, "This is such a small story." And if I keep it going, it kind of betrays the characters, you know, because I, I really feel you have to do right. Well, by your collaborators first and foremost, but really by your characters and, and at first, and then the, your, with your story. And if I don't know, I think if you keep things going beyond what's true to what you're talking about, or and what you're what the story you're telling, it kind of can dilute it. And so when I was working on Glory, let's twenty through twenty five, I was just like, oh, this is twelve issues. Like if I keep it going, because I mean, there's a major death in issue eleven, and that major death and its ramifications, like that's what the whole book is about. And if I kept it going beyond that, if I actually did like dozens more issues, it would just be like spinning my wheels because I said that in an interview once, you know. Yeah. And so what I learned from that was like, and then from the Brian Azzarello kind of example was, you know, if you're, if you're lucky enough to be in that spot where you get to dictate it, like don't tie yourself down because of X or Y rule you made up in your head that you're, you know what I mean? And so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So all I can say is Shutter is definitely the longest. It's already the longest thing I've worked on yet. And we've got a lot more ground to tackle. So it's going to be going on for, for a while, but you know, it's, it's, it, it is a story. And I, I don't know. I think we both are big fans of working on stuff that has an ending. Yeah, so. definitely. I like uh, knowing that there's an end in sight and that things aren't beaten into the ground or go, gone on longer than they should. Yeah. yeah and Shudder's going to be like that. Yeah. Well, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of like, like I, I, and this is an example I use in every interview. I, I likely, you could probably go back to the last comical interview I did and then just put in this part where I say this exact thing over again. But <laughs> hey, kids, let's go. It's like the Blade Runner <laughs> where, uh, you know, Rucker Hauer. I mean, it's not really regular. I mean, it's the actor Rugger Hauer playing a character, but he's talking about how, you know, like the gunship of the shoulder of Orion or whatever, and you never see that. Or another Ridley Scott movie, like an alien, 
when you see the space jockey, you have like no idea what that thing is. Mm-hmm. And I think what Prometheus proved was then you find out what space jockey is and it sucks. And you're like, well, why did we do more of this? We should just left it where it was at. Because after I saw Alien for the, like, the decades that followed, I was like, oh my God, what could the space jockey be? Like you kind of think you want to know, but you really don't want to know. And I think one of the reasons I think Blade Runner has become a like, perennial classic beyond it just is really great is that it left those kind of things unanswered. And you know, now that unfortunately we're in this, this era of you know, fiction becoming market commodity versus being an art, and uh, now we're going to get a Blade Runner sequel or whatever. But my, my overall point is tell your story and get out. And like, if you keep it going, like if you had Blade Runner 2, 3, 4, and 5 after that, and it showed all the gunships on the shoulder of Orion and all that kind of thing, it'd just be like really boring. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so that that really had a huge impact on me as, in terms of stuff I wanted to write and work on, because I really do believe you know go in and leave leave the party before you're unwanted. You know, end it. I don't know, like I don't know. Some people do it really well, like Walking Dead. I don't know if any of you are reading that right now. Oh yeah. But the stuff that's going on right now, at like 137 or whatever issue it's on, is my favorite stuff that's ever been in the book. Like all these weird, uh, like. Uh, um, this is totally not answering the question at all. <laughs> this, is, okay. this is very much in line with how ramble on in life. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, you know, like I, I, if, if he ended Walking Dead number 33, we would not have never even gotten to that point. So I don't know. I guess different strokes, but just for me, yeah. one up to the end. Mm-hmm. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> Shudder is uh, really good based on the fact that, and, and I'm listening to you two guys, and okay. you're, um, I can't speak now, Justin. <laughs> there's an obvious, there's an obvious chemistry between you guys. Thank you, Justin. There's a great chemistry between you two. It really, yeah. comes, it really comes through in the pages. And, and now that we're hearing you guys talk together, uh, you can kind of hear it too. Yeah, we get along really well. <laughs> I mean, when we don't hate each other. Maybe like, I don't know, on average one minute every 28 days. Or... Every 20 <laughs> No, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a weird lucky thing because it's not like we grew up together or anything like that. We yeah. met in uh, 2012, right? Yeah, I mean uh, we have we both have really ridiculous dumb humor. Yeah, uh, we like making each other laugh. We have a lot of similar interests in stories, and yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's a really good point actually. I don't even really articulated that was like you know we have a very similar interest in the kind of things we want to do, and I don't mean in terms of content, but in terms of why. Yeah, you know I, mean? Which is, it, it, I don't know, and I, I I think that's a rare thing to find in terms of a collaborator. Yeah, what were you telling me the other day, Joe? About there's there's three things that you want. Oh, for writing as a as a writer and your career and stuff. Well, I think that. Well, I think. Well, I I, I could be talking about two things, but I remember I think we're talking about the three things that I think a writer needs. Is that what you're talking about? Or like. You don't want to. You want to write something where you don't have to die alone in the gutter. Oh, right, that right, one. That okay. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like my my whole. You know, it's taken me, and I've done some stuff that kind of fall out of this plan. But I mean, my whole thing is, I just want to work on a bunch of cool stuff with a bunch of cool people that we own, and that it's all it's all different every time. Like, um, whenever I do another, my next image book will be complete polar opposite of Shutter. Whenever Leila and I work on something else together, which you know, we already talked about doing, it all be very different from Shutter. Um, and then my second thing is I don't want to die in a gutter alone. Yeah, like <laughs> in the it, process. Like it this. has to be lucrative enough. Yeah, it has to be lucrative enough that I can. Well, I don't know. Like I'm a man of simple means. I don't really <laughs> do a lot. And then number three is I want comics to be left in a better place than when I entered it. Like you know that kind of like in terms of not like my work at all, but like 
you know, I think it's really important to support stuff like the Hero Initiative. Yeah. I think it's really important to recognize, um, like one thing I've been really conscious of over the last year is these guys who I went at worshiping, actually this is a really good example that plays into Layla and I directly, are out of, like you don't hear them anymore. I'm always like, well, why don't you hear about these guys anymore? Where, where's Mike Zek right now? Or like, people like that. Um, Brett Blevins, these guys, they're brilliant artists. And like a lot of people just don't ask. Like when Ed Brisson had to leave Shutter because he was going to focus on writing, um, I was talking to Stevenson, uh, Eric Stevenson, the publisher Image, and I was like, oh, man, we need a new letter. He's like, well, I don't know. Like, what's your, like, who's your ideal letter? And I was like, John Workman. I mean, he's the best. He's, my, he's, he's, he's always been my gold standard. Like, if I'm struggling to figure out a sound effect for something, I'm like, I always just look at John Workman comics. And I'm like, all right, yeah, that's, 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 you know, that's the one. And he was like, well, why don't I just hire John? I talked to John, and he was all for it. I never thought in a million years he'd want to do anything like that, you know? Um, but yeah, and I'm like, I think it's really important. I'm a member of a, a pen, which is kind of like the general, um, like it's kind of like the CBLDF for like just general literature, like everything and, you know, defending the freedoms of other writers to be like people who like get in prison. Like there was this uh, woman who was imprisoned for this anti-Iranian, uh, piece that she wrote and they know they get in and they help that kind of stuff. Or, you know, I think the CBLDF is another one of those organizations. I put a lot of I don't know. I, I think they're well worth supporting. Um, I just think any time, you know, like, like I'm a big fan of comics, like historically, like, and, and and just I mean, I guess literature in general. And you know, you see over the years that things haven't been protected or, or people haven't been taken care of, and you hear about a lot of these genius artists and writers who are in poverty or maybe not that bad. But like, you know, Norm Braveheart was drawing Batman during the height of it. The, like the biggest hype Batman ever had during the 1989 movie, mm-hmm. and then he's on GoFundMe asking for to pay medical bills. He should be one of the richest people in comics, you know. And so I think what what I hope and if it plays some small role in, and I don't know if it's just donating money to the Hero Initiative or, or just being more active about it, is I, I really that should never happen ever again. Like that we we should be treating the four four fathers and four mothers of the, the industry well, you know. I, I never want to. We, I, I, when, when, I guess the point is when Leo and I, well, we'll never retire because I think we love doing what we're doing. But when we're of the age, I hope that the Hero Initiative doesn't need to exist. Like I hope it exists if it's needed, but I really hope it's just not needed anymore. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, <clears throat> that's why Leo and I have such great chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were taking it somewhere dark there for a while when you talk about well, going in there. I mean, it's like you gotta, you know, comics mean so much to both of us. We just find it as a great way of free expression i mean neither of us i mean like, i love movies and you know you like movies too right yes i do <laughs> but i mean we're making comics to make comics you know and it's an art form that we really believe in and it's worth fighting for and protecting and you know preserving for future generations you know like in this in this day and age oh god i'm, I'm gonna fucking go on a huge rant <laughs> but i think we're just both really passionate about what we're doing and like wanting to create original work and yeah. you know uh, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, like make a difference both with our work and in the community. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, and just sometimes it's, I don't know. People you just meet in life, they just you, you click low with. I don't know. It's all good, man. I've been having passion for eighty-one episodes. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you were talking about going in the gutter, I was like, man, you're going to take Lila into the gutter with you? You don't want to go by yourself? <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Everyone's coming down with. We're going no. together, you and me. <laughs> No, I, I, I do think, like, I don't know. Do you guys want to go there or what? Because I, I just think, uh, like, I, I just finished this book. and I'm sorry, Layla, because she's heard this a million times. 
I just finished this book about um, uh, the Great Gatsby. It's a book about Great Gatsby and about like how when it came out, it was a huge commercial failure and how like it had its fans. Like I mean, Hemingway thought it was like the best book he had read, and you know all these all these people like loved it, but it, it was just a huge bomb. And F. Scott Fitzgerald was able to get published after that, but like barely, mm-hmm. and like he died in his forties, like with like no money. And 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 then you know it's there's, there's this whole long long convoluted story. I'll spare you, but basically it went through the GI and then became this huge from a phenomenon. And now it's one of the biggest books. And now he's like he never saw that in in his life. And you see that kind of thing to such a great extent in comics, like all the time. Yeah, you know, so you, the guy guys who invented. I mean, let's look let's look at Kirby. Now Kirby ended up doing really well because he was a really smart guy. And you know, he did the work in animation or whatever. But the biggest check Kirby ever got in comics in his lifetime. Was that Phantom Force number one that came out from Image? Did you ever see this? No. It's not a good comic. It's not like one of his best. But the fact that that was the biggest check he ever got versus you know Fantastic Four or whatever that had a big impact on me and like why I even wanted to do this, you know? And just how important it is to like I don't know. You guys mentioned Saga earlier, and I've been thinking a lot lately about how much that book and books like Fatal and everything have allowed Shutter to exist. Yeah. Because like. Five years ago, I don't know that this book would have not only done as well as doing in the trade market, especially like being able to exist at all, you know. Yeah. And the fact that we are privileged enough to to have this and work in this moment in time, I think it's really important that that's extended out and paid forward to future generations. I don't know what that means exactly, and you know, I haven't figured out you know exactly how you execute it, but I, I think we both do give a shit about making sure that's still available for other people in the future, you know. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so Leo and I get along pretty well. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Are you sure you're done? <laughs> Have how much more time? That no, that's it. That's the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think it's, I think you're completely right. I think that. It's awesome that you have that mentality and you want to do things that are going to be meaningful and affect future generations. And that, you know, I mean, I've, I'm aware of how bad it can be for some of the creators because we know some old guys that, that do conventions down here in Houston. And, you know, they're making their living by doing the con circuit now because they made no money selling their art for Marvel right. or DC back in the day. And they still get a pretty good following that comes to the cons and, and buys their prints and stuff. But, I mean, they're basically doing what the, the same person who's start trying to start out and run a table at a convention is doing to make their living. And these are people that have, have drawn for Marvel and DC for hundreds of, of issues. Right. And yeah. it, it's sad. It really is. Yeah. It is. I guess the overall point is that we're very passionate about a lot of the same things. So it comes into that and like playing with form and, you know, we, we, yeah. we're, we're very uh, conscious of how our, you know, like in terms of, Gender and, and race and you know just uh, life and like conveying lifestyles and 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 the kinds of things that we convey in our work. I don't know, and it's funny because a lot of things we're completely different people, but but I guess I, the overall point is in the right things click together to create this kind of collaboration. Yeah, a perfect example too is the different styles that you write into Shutter, mm-hmm. which I totally dig. It's using the medium to its fullest potential when you make me draw in weird panel formats and other styles and it like I that's one of the things that Joe does in Shutter that I really love and it and uh yeah it's like he, he even puts diversity in the ways he wants me to tell the story not only the characters and the environments but even just the storytelling aspect 
I was going to ask you that. Is there sometimes you're like, you're like, damn it, Joe, you're killing me. What is this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah, in the beginning, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first time you've admitted that publicly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, I like the first issue. I was like, holy crap, and then the and then the second issue, I was even more like, holy crap, because like the the first or sorry, the pages two and three, the double page spread. Of the mobster lions <laughs> in their flying car shooting Rob Liefeld guns and Tommy gun lasers at the chicken death house uh, with the robot and the ghost ninjas and the New York City police flying saucers. I was like, how the fuck do I draw this? <laughs> <laughs> and it was horrible. And it was, it's, um, I definitely cried over those pages. Did you really? Yeah, tears, <laughs> tears of frustration happened, and it took me like three days. But, but I loved every second of it, and, and I loved how I hated it, and I it came out stronger after it. And I've come across a lot of pages in Shutter like that, and it's so freaking cool now because I see how much easier it is for me to solve those problems that I encountered earlier on in the book, and. Um, the visuals are always just super fun, no matter how hard they are. It's like stuff that really gets my motivational creativity flowing. And um, so, yeah, even if Joe writes something super frustrating, I really love it. And he usually warns me beforehand. He's like, uh, so I'm trying to write this thing into Shudder, and I just wanted to run it by you first. Uh, you might hate me for it, <laughs> but I'm always... Like, no, do it. I think it'll be great. It'll serve the story. And that was going to be my other question. So, Joe, is there any times – I mean, you had that kind of friendship that myself and Justin here have. Uh, are there times where you're like, oh, I'm going to do something really mess with her now? <laughs> or, is, or is that coming? <laughs> I don't know. You could, you could, you could, Layla, you can uh, clarify, you can say if I'm lying here or not. But, like, not so much. But, it, it, well, I guess in a way, like, it's always – like, it's become a thing now that we're this far into it where I'm interested to see what she does with X or Y. Like, I don't want to get into what it is, but in Shutter 15, there's a sequence in the beginning, the first six pages, that I was like, I would love to see her do something like this. And, yeah, like, I knew it would be a challenge, but I think it would be really interesting, and I, and I knew she would do something really cool with it. So it's not like a way to mess with her. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. It's just, I, I just, you know, she's so good that it's just like, and, and, you know, so willing to kind of experiment with form that, it, it it inspires me as a writer to kind of keep that stuff going. So it's almost not it's not so much that like trying to be antagonistic, but <laughs> just to see, you know, it, it it requires me to evolve as a writer, and seems to help her evolve even more and more as an artist. Absolutely. Like, um, I don't know. Like you, there was a sequence of number. What well, she had the little Nemo thing? Is that ten? No, eleven. Was, like, was, was eleven. Yeah, I think. And like you nailed it. That like little Nemo half you know so i think it was so cool it was just you know to see i mean it all has to make sense for the story that kind of comes in the characters really that comes you know first in a way but i don't know it's, it's interesting um we and on my end i definitely draw inside jokes into the comic yeah. between us and, and even between me and other friends and stuff you know, um, like about so, that though you gotta get and I, I i actually realized this recently with something i, I saw in shutter 13 but yeah, this is in this part of the show at 13. You do it in a way that's unobtrusive, which I like. I think a lot of people, like, I'm not going to call out the comic, but there's a, there's a comic I've read 12 years ago or so, even that, 
was, uh, from one of the big two, and like the writer, it was a writer thing, was so overt in these in jokes that I was like, you can't even read this anymore. Oh no! Because it's like the in jokes are just like in the way of the work, mm-hmm. and you're very smart and clever with putting it in there in ways that's like not obtrusive. But you know, if you're obviously me or the person you've got the in joke with, it works really well. It's very natural. I don't know. It's a it's a hard it's a hard thing to pull off. Yeah, you know? I like including people on jokes, even if they're inside jokes. Yeah, and yeah it's hard to do sometimes because a lot of our humor is not funny yeah. out of context. Well, actually, one of the things else. you do, I don't think they're in jokes necessarily, but like, are the paintings you draw in the background sometimes, <laughs> like the dancing fruit or whatever? Yeah, it'll be. yeah it's like. I like why is the doctor have a because it's dumb. And then like in issue four, I put my friend Corey. Well, it doesn't look like him at all, but uh, it's him figuratively, I guess. Mm-hmm. His head is getting eaten by a Tyrannosaurus Rex in the uh-huh. background. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> see, I, I could see where she could like draw some kind of character that kind of looks like Joe, and some bad things happening to him. Or <laughs> take you know, that'd be so much fun. <laughs> I did actually. I forgot about this too. I kind of drew Joe back in or into the background in issue eight, and then he killed him with his character off in issue twelve. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I gotta go back and look. <laughs> I want to be killed off in twelve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just look for the very tall man with glasses <laughs> in the monster scene. Well, it's like a tall monster man. Yeah, a tall lumbering monster guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's me, and I get murdered. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Hey, you're going to get murdered too, Justin, in, uh, in Joe's book. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm actually going to be a character in Morning Glories 47, and I'm supposed oh. to die a gruesome death as well. <laughs> and I'm, well, awesome. and oh, I'm, Joe Eisman, good guy. And I'm two issues down after that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to die a gruesome death too. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Congrats, guys. <laughs> We're huge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you should draw us into Shudder and let us die in there too. Oh, That'd nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice try there. <laughs> Work it in there, Justin. <laughs> We don't want to be in a gutter either. We want to make our lives. <laughs> well, she could kill us in the gutter. That would work. Okay, yeah. <laughs> One question. When is the cat going to get his head back? <laughs> it, 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 will. it disturbs me. He's walking around with a bag with, <laughs> over his head. I mean, it's like, I remember when Shudder came out, um, the then sales guide image was like, oh, you got to market the show. That's good. I was like, nope. And the more people would say that kind of thing to me, the more I was like, "Man, I'm gonna we gotta fuck with this cat." Like, <laughs> like, like I don't want this character to just just be this market commodity all of a sudden. So I was like, "Well, what's interesting for the character arc that will also be kind of this like uncommercial if you just <laughs> putting him on a shirt?" And I just you know the character arc was already there, so I kind of made that part of it. But I don't know. Uh, there's all this hoity-toity bullshit I could get into regarding that whole arc in terms of like you know identity and who you are, da 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 da. But I don't know. He's like, is he even that anymore? Is he even what he was created to be anymore? Has he evolved past that? So I don't know. Shutter fourteen through seventeen, like it just gets further and further, and further removed from what he was. It's interesting too because his what serves as his head evolves with him. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to say what it is. Yeah, we're yet, not going to spoil yeah. it for you. But, but yeah, he does get a new face. I guess we'll say that, but it's not what it was. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited I'm, for this now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so we just read issue 12 of Shudder last mm-hmm. night and this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking earlier about how Layla does different things in the book. I noticed something in Shudder 12 that I had not noticed before, that whenever the flashback scene happens or whenever she's looking at the past with uh, Kate and her dad, the art mm-hmm. style is a little bit different 
than what's going yeah. on in the present. Is that in, is that intentional? It is, and actually, I think that's Owen's work there. Like I I ink everything the same, but Owen does this more cell shady Disney esque coloring to it, and he doesn't add the gritty like watercolory textures that he does to the real time. So. Yeah, it's just like it helps the reader recognize that it's a flashback. And then also, like in our memories, often we remember things as sparkly or better or even worse than than what it really was. And so it's kind of trying to portray that. Credit where credit's due, though. I think you came up with that idea, didn't you? No, Owen did. He definitely did. Well, because like, I... Hmm. Yeah. Because I remember number one, when we were putting it together... He had it like it was more like pixelated, like or or kind of dot. Remember, well, it was kind of bende dot looking. That was a flashback within a flashback. Oh right. So that's why it was okay that <laughs> he Inception. Yeah. yeah. What is this Inception? <laughs> but he was the guy. Like he he painted the space scenes number one. You're right. And he's okay. like, oh hey, so I painted it this way because yeah, I wanted right. okay. this effect. Oh, so yeah. you had no. Yeah, that was all. Well, it's very cool. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Just so I let you know, Justin, I'm part of Prospero too. <laughs> part of Prospero? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I wish that we had cosplayers yeah. and that they dressed up as Prospero. You know, Prospero. oh, I don't think I've actually told you this. What? So we've talked a lot, like, whenever Shutter raps about getting Shutter tattoos. Mm-hmm. So I have a tattoo right now on my right arm of uh, the Kiosk Brotherhood from Tintin. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you guys read Tintin, but in the Cigars of the Pharaoh, I mean, it's kind of introduced around there, but uh, it is a secret brotherhood organization. So me and my buddy Brandon we've got my tattoos. I was thinking in my other arm getting the Prospero P with Shutter Wraps. So that way I have like a secret brotherhood from a book that I love growing up and then a secret brotherhood or sisterhood, whatever, for my own thing on my other arm. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about doing. Yeah, and I also want to get a Shutter tattoo when the series is all over and done with. And right now... I'm leaning towards Alarm Cat with his head, with his original body. <laughs> but I don't know. That might change by the end of the book. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because originally that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. But I really like the idea of like, you know, one arm has the, the thing I, that it, I love and the other thing has it. Well, I mean, I love t- uh, uh, Shutter too. don't get me wrong. But uh, the thing that like, we created together, I thought it would be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, Totally. So it's very cool. It's funny you mentioned tattoos. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we uh, we've been talking for a while that when we hit issue or episode one hundred of the show, we're gonna mm-hmm. do the same thing. We're gonna get tattoos. Nice. Of what? To commemorate that. So like we're both big fans of He Man and the Masters of the Universe. We watched it growing up, uh-huh. and uh, we incorporated Merman into the show very early because Miguel does the Merman voice very well. Nice. I don't know if I do it very well. <laughs> I just do it for <laughs> once in a while, you know. Oh yeah. And so I can do the Beast Man voice a little bit. So uh, we started doing duets, like singing duets, like karaoke as Merman and Beastman. And, and a couple of episodes, I think there's four or five of them out there, uh, where the show intros with us singing a terrible song as Merman and Beastman. Oh. <laughs> nice. So that's, 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 we're going to get Merman and Beastman tattoos for our 100th episode. Do you go to actual karaoke and sing as them? No. No? <laughs> Just like by yourself at home? Like what? <laughs> like, at a bar or like in a no, voice box? No, you know, I'm not making fun of you, Lou. I'm making fun of these guys. It's these two grown men at home. So they the Beast Man and Merman voices. Like singing voices care. Oh, come on. Like, you pro- you make oh, up songs of, to your dog. I, I do a bunch of dumb bullshit at home. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, I, I fully cop that. Like, I, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> I can never tell this story ever again about a singing. <laughs> no, don't let what he said get to you. Oh, no, no, it's funny. Hey, don't listen to me. We're sad, Justin. <laughs> oh, and we're singing love great. songs, too. That's, you know that's what? makes I think, worse. You know, what I, you know what I hate? Here's what I hate. I hate when uh, people are like, what's your guilty pleasure? And like, it's like, fuck that. No. Like, nothing's my guilty pleasure. Like, I, you know, the things that you're into, if, you, if you're into singing Masters Universe karaoke, <laughs> oh, that's shit. Well, for real, I'm not messing with you. I'm for being serious. You know, and like anytime it's like, oh yeah, I like the show, but it's dumb. It's like, no, but you like it. So like, what is this? Why, you know, why not just allow yourself to do that? If you're, I don't know, say you're a really cool guy who has a really cute dog and you make up songs for that dog, you know, you should be proud of that. I, I'm not saying that's me necessarily. I'm uh, just saying. Dude. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're watching Down the Abbey with your friend and your dog starts dancing to the theme song, maybe. That's a cool thing, and you shouldn't be embarrassed by it. Okay, so here's a funny story for you guys relating to Downton Abbey. So Joe and I would watch Downton Abbey together uh-huh. at his place, uh-huh. and whenever the theme song came on, he would take his dog, Blackjack, and make him dance. This. Are you sure? This is me. Yes. <laughs> and he would make the dog dance this choreographed dance that he came up with almost every time. The I don't even do it. The dog is up by himself now. Be quiet. I know, but like now, <laughs> actually, no, not now, because we don't really watch Down Navy together anymore. But um, the last few times we watched together, and the dog was like not an easy, like easily grabbing distance. <laughs> we would then do the choreographed dance that Joe taught his dog. I have no idea. When the Downton Abbey theme song came on, and if if this was a video interview, we could totally show it to you. No, no, that's, that's, oh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's time to periscope. <laughs> Are you sure that's me? You're thinking that might be somebody else. Joe, I think you must have lost your memory yeah. if you don't recall this stuff. <laughs> Point is, you have guilty pleasure. You should own up to it. And exactly. Cool. Why don't you just <laughs> own up to the fact then that you danced your dog's dance to it? Hey, my, if my <laughs> dog wants to dance, that's his business. <laughs> if that's his passion he wants to pursue, that's his life. I'm not part of that. It's not that's Joe's his. guilty pleasure. It's the dog's guilty okay. pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. <laughs> so, yeah, I like your artwork. <laughs> Shut up, Joe. <laughs> Thank you for liking my artwork, guys. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna break out that I I just up and dance down the aisles of our work just for no reason and start singing. Yeah, you I got, think that's beautiful. It's really not. <laughs> I parkour in the office. <laughs> you, you put black scuff marks all over the wall. It wasn't really. <laughs> Just because you scream parkour while you're kicking the wall doesn't mean it's parkour. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> Deep breaths. <laughs> so what, what's next for you guys? I mean, Shudder is obviously a huge success. Everybody loves it. We love it. Uh, what do you have coming up next, though? I mean, are you planning on starting a second series or anything? Um, uh, that's Shudder for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it's not ending soon. I think we've got – we both have – like side projects and stuff like that. Yeah. But Shudder's going to go on for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of built this book where we can do anything we want. So Yeah, so my main my main job is Shudder for sure. I'm picking up some cover gigs and some shorts with other companies here this year. And then, yeah, other than that, and I can't talk about them, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Shudder primarily. It's okay. Yeah. We, get a, we get a lot of that. 
we can't talk I, about it stuff on here. <laughs> I was gonna say like I I, uh, I try to limit what I have out. This really I should talk about before we went on air. I think it. You know, I, I try not to. I don't want to oversaturate the market with stuff I have, and you know, so like Shutter was like my only creator-owned book for a really long time now, and now it's. Uh, I'm getting ready to launch the next one, which I'm really excited for, but I can't talk about that yet. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, whenever you get ready to talk about that, <laughs> you know where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys work great together. I'm not gonna not gonna deny that. I mean, you guys are amazing. Matter of fact, we were talking about your book earlier today, where we were at. We were at a, our local comic book store who sponsors us, and we were mm-hmm. at a signing and whatnot. And so there were some people in line, and they were asking about comics, and we just kind of like started talking about Shudder and like, Aww. you should read this. It's a very good book. And, you know. People were asking for us for recommendations because we went there wearing our comical podcast shirts and stuff, and we, we recommended your book to quite a few people. Oh, thank you oh, so you much. It's a good yeah. book, and I really, like Justin said, we enjoy the art. I enjoy the story. I can't get enough of it. It's really great. Yay. Thank and you. I am I am looking forward to seeing whatever you two do together or separate in the near future. But yeah. together, you two are really amazing, and it's a team that should probably do some more stuff together. No, yeah, 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 yeah. We're, that's the plan. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know we'll obviously <laughs> always have you know other stuff kind of going on. But I, 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 my, I think our mutual hope, and, you know, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. is that there's always something in that works. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I really like that. That's sort of like that Sean Phillips said, Brubaker kind of thing, where it's like, you know, Sean will work with other writers and you know, will obviously work with other artists, but like they always have something coming. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so kind of in the. So whenever Shuttered ends, I know we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll have something else eventually after that. Yeah, like we'll take a break, breaks yeah. here and there yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah. but definitely want to work with this guy again. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. She's okay as well. <laughs> Just kidding. She's Russ Manny nominated. So <laughs> she might. She, when's this? When's this podcast come out? Uh, it'll come out Friday morning. Oh, okay, so maybe not yet. But then, yeah, she will definitely not yet. But you know, she might be a Russ Manny winner. Who knows? I'm just honored to be nominated at all. Like that's yeah. so cool. And thank you, yeah. Joe. I know you told people to tell people my name and Whatever. something. Who, who, who else are you up against? Um, Vanessa Del Rey. She's so good. Uh, Jorge. Colia, Yes. Um, Gabo. Gabriel Batista. Yeah, and who's the fifth or the fourth? I'm sorry. I am so bad with names. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Just face it. You know you're going to beat him, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> you're like, I don't need to know your name. I don't know about that. <laughs> Thank you. But you, don't, you never know. <laughs> well, you, you definitely have a good shot. I mean, that's it's tough competition, but uh, we really love the artwork and shutter, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if you won. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people, and I still hear this when they when they see your stuff for the first time. Like, oh, so what else did she work on before this? And <laughs> I was like, oh, this is kind of like her first big thing. Yeah. And really, what? It's amazing. It's it's crazy. You know, you nail you nail the, the, the my favorite stuff about your art is the stuff I think is hardest to nail. Like humor is really hard. I think the humor is really hard. You you, you can face it with it. Um, and, and sort of on the flip side. You can make the most absurd bullshit I write seem very natural and real, and I think it's very, very hard. Oh. Um, your acting's really good. It's like all these things I think are like the hardest stuff to do beyond like the bare technical things. Like you know, I mean, your perspective's great too. Don't be wrong, but it's like the stuff that is like you can't teach that stuff. I don't know how you do it. Um, I don't even know how to exactly to articulate it. But um, you know, the double page spread starts off fifteen. I don't want to say what it is, but like the fact that it has that power that it does. And it's such a simple image, but you can tell exactly how she feels. And it's, you know, very minimalistic. 
that's hard. Yeah. That's rough. That's stuff you, you people work careers to, to do, you know, because the technical stuff, you can teach that. Um, you can teach perspective, you can teach anatomy or whatever, which again, you're, you're, you're good with, but like that kind of thing is like really hard and really rare. Well, thank you. Yeah. Awesome. So you better win this Russ Manning. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you won't be in San Diego. No. You should. You should go. Well, I have this <laughs> insane work schedule this summer because of, because I, I picked up an issue of a comic that I think is marvelous and I'm really honored to be working on it but it means that I have to cram uh I think five issues wait no four issues into three months so I'm I don't have time to travel I had to cancel two of my travel dates this summer because of this but it's going to pay off in the end that's another amazing thing about you man is that you, you you can work really fast and you're so damn good like there was that one week you read seven pages in a week and they were like extremely complicated you know, Aww. that was rough. And then he sent me an email was it like last week. We were like, oh, yeah, I'm working on this thing. And I'm going to do eight pages in seven days. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Move over, Jack Kirby. <laughs> oh, it's not going to happen? Well, okay. It's, sorry if this is boring to you guys. but no. uh, <laughs> Let's have a discussion now. The next hour of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Layla and Joe shooting the shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh yeah, so, so it's actually going to take me longer because this company I'm working for, uh, they like tight layouts, So, and that's not what I do at all. I show, show very loose layouts, and then I usually uh, Which, go from there. But, I have to say, as a side note, the layouts you do, they're loose, but like everything I need to know is there. Okay, cool. Doing the tighter layouts, I don't get it. <laughs> it seems like, hey, Layla, you have a lot of stuff you have to work on. He wanted like a bunch of extra work that's not really going to make. Oh, well, it's with a company I haven't worked with yet. I completely understand, and and so I'm I'm working on them digitally, but they're taking me a long time because basically what I'm doing is penciling a page as a layout. is is kind of how I'm looking at it. So it's taking me longer. I can still probably ink two of those pages in a day once the layouts are done, but um, it's taking me longer than eight eight days. It's going to take me longer for sure. No, well, it's beautiful stuff. I mean, even the layouts of this is like. God damn. Like, these are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You sound a little bit like Stallone there for a little bit. You're like, yo, Layla, what is this? <laughs> he, we're actually, that's my, that's my stepdad. So. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> so See, this is like a, the weird dumb humor that he does. Like, oh, that I do. <laughs> Well, I do it as well. But like another one of his jokes. Speaking of Downton Abbey again, is like Layla. What would you do if you you met my family? This is gonna be an awful podcast. I know. Hey guys, let's talk about our in jokes for ten minutes, especially the ones that involve Downton Abbey and my dog. Um, but anyway, what was this one? Oh, nothing. I'm sorry if this is boring. No, we want we wanted to hear. It's funny. Okay, cool. So <laughs> Joe's like. Layla, what would you do if you went to meet my family and it turns out I lived in the Downton Abbey mansion? <laughs> like, and that's like the kind of crappy pools. It's so funny. <laughs> They're like, I don't get it. Like, what are they talking about? Yeah. <clears throat> but I don't know. Maybe this illustrates why we work so well together on Shudder. Because like, we have our dumb bullshit on each side that combines into this thing that people like. There's, a, there's like a Venn diagram of like the dumb bullshit we like and the dumb bullshit that people like in general and the Venn diagram of each other. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know. 
I can so see that Larry <laughs> going here or there. <laughs> he one of those stop stop and go flow charts. If yes, go this way. If no, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys told us a bunch of the funny stories. Let's hear one of Justin's here if he has one. Awesome. And not my I ripped my pants story again because those are mine. Well, you know, you do have a tendency to do it every three months or so. so. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, I've ripped my pants about four you times. Know, our friend Dave has that problem, too. <laughs> yeah, you should you know hang that? out. Yeah, my wife likes to say because I'm carrying too much in the back end. I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> awesome. Well, my funny story is about you. What? <laughs> Actually, I couldn't really decide. I have, I have two funny stories that I could tell today. Okay. Why don't, why don't we let them decide? Okay. So I have, I have a story about when I was a kid and I went to a theme park with my church youth group mm-hmm. and encountered people that I had never been exposed to before. The other story is about Miguel and how he can't tell the difference between a chalupa and a gordita. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Both of those sound funny, but I'm kind of curious about the youth group going yeah, to the too. amusement That's park. right. Uh-huh. Hey, it ties in with everything that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when I was about 12 years old... Uh, I went with my church youth group to Six Flags theme park and, uh, you know, I was still a kid. I mean, I, I learned what sex was and stuff at that point, but I wasn't really too familiar, you know, with, I hadn't had any sexual experiences at that point or anything. <laughs> I would hope obviously. not. <laughs> so we went to Six Flags and it was on what was back then known as National Gay Day. It, oh. wa- it wasn't uh, Pride Week or anything like that, but it was just National Gay Day. And we had no idea going into it that that's what it was going to be. So we got there and we're all a bunch of, you know, kids that had snickered at everything we saw. We saw a bunch of people kissing and, you know, guys walking with their hands in each other's back pockets. And uh, we, we were just like laughing because we didn't, we didn't know what was going on. But uh, there was this kid who was a little bit older than us. He was probably about 13 or 14. And he came over and introduced himself and started hanging out with us. And the whole day, he kept telling me how much he liked my clothes and that I had nice eyes and that just, just really complimenting me a lot. He actually bought me a frozen lemonade. And oh. uh, at the end of the day, he asked my, for my phone number. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, I'd love to hang out with you again. You're really nice. Whatever. I give it to him. And uh, then he was like, well, how about a kiss? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I w- take it. You're straight. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, what? No. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, it completely caught me by surprise. And I was so naive at that time in my life that I did not realize what was going on, that this guy was actually hitting on me mm-hmm. until the very end. <laughs> so like, how did that, how did he take it? He was, he was just like, Oh, that's cool, man. If you ever want to hang out, I got your number. I'll call you. And I was like, okay. I mean, Aww. I never heard from him again, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, tease. <laughs> it was just kind of a, kind of a weird story because I grew up in rural Oklahoma and <laughs> you know, there wasn't a whole lot of gay people around. There wasn't a whole lot of diversity. It was mostly just white people <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> <gasps> and so did that change your perspective on it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think I've never had a problem with anybody because of of who they are or who they choose to be or anything. I mean, mm-hmm. never had a problem with anybody. And I think that's part of the reason is that I met that guy so early and he was just a really cool dude. And then you know, at the end, he just happened to be gay. So it, it never was weird to me. You know, I actually had an interesting thing that, that, that I was going to tell you talk about after the podcast. We bring it up. So I was reading. So I was I was, I was raised Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, Christianity is there. I was reading this, this this article this morning. So all that anti, the gay stuff in the Bible, it's in Leviticus, right? Mm-hmm. So Christ, right, New Testament, the whole point of him going on the cross and dying was to absolve you from your sins. 
and not force you to like sacrifice or like, you know, circumcise your son or whatever you had to do. So it kind of like, you don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. I did this, just love everybody and you're good. So it's like all that shit in Leviticus, that's a, that's a, that's a null now. <laughs> so it's like, it doesn't, it's like, his whole point was like, oh yeah, I'm doing this. So you just, just let's love everybody. Like that's all you need to be doing. Like just don't worry about everything else. Don't worry about sacrificing. Don't worry about this. Or don't judge people for this or that. The other thing, like just be a good person. And like, you know, I'm really, I don't know if I'll ever have kids, but theoretically, if I ever have a kid, I'm very happy that she or he will grow up where like, oh yeah, people are just people. Like that's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's and a great not, thing. Like, if, if he, whenever you know, say I raise him Christian or raise him, you know, Muslim or whatever, and I don't know, or atheist, I have no idea. But um, that uh, if he has that encounter, you would have it just be like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at a cultural level, I don't, it's really, it's, I don't know. It's been a really interesting, well, few years, but it's been a really interesting, like, month yeah. in terms of, but, but yeah, I don't know. So there's a little, little Bible study for old pal <laughs> Jovial Joe Keating. <laughs> What do you want to say, Mega? <laughs> As the good Reverend once said. <laughs> no, I don't got no, no comment on this subject. You know me. I i don't judge anybody. You know, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't affect me. Yeah, that's exactly. I've always had a live and let live mentality. And, you know, me that's, the way, that's, the way, that's the way the world should be. Everybody should just be live and let live and just enjoy the things you want to enjoy. And, you yeah. know, if your thing is teaching your dog to dance, if your thing is uh, singing <laughs> He-Man and Beast Man songs or... You know, if your thing is, is being gay, what it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just well, you know, not not, not to be too crass, but you know, like that's kind of one of the biggest points of Shudder is like everyone has a different view, and no matter how absurd the world may seem to you or whatever, or how someone else acts, like you have to just find your own path and your own thing, and just accept other people for for who they are, as long as they're not hurting anybody or, or betraying someone's life or liberty. You know, and that's actually kind of one of the bigger through lines of the whole book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, peace, love, and understanding. Yep. Shutter. Right. Now available in comic shops. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you, I was raised Catholic as well. Uh, um, at this point, you can honestly say I'm, maybe I'm not a practicing Catholic anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been pretty much, uh, as my wife says, the church has forgotten me <laughs> or <laughs> refuses to acknowledge me because I'm divorced and remarried mm-hmm. oh. and all that wonderful stuff. And. Oh. My mom and my father are hardcore religious. I have no idea what their stance is on a lot of the stuff that's going on, but you know they don't, you know they don't judge either. They let me do whatever I'm going to do. Hell, my wife makes makes a joke every day to say, "And Justin, me and now are free to get married because we we have a bromance." (laughs) A lot of that joke went around. (laughs) Yeah, that joke's going around a lot. I spend a lot of time with you, man. What can I say? Yeah, well, we like spending time together. We work. You sit right behind me. I'm the front cubicle. Oh, so you guys actually work in the same office together? Yeah, yeah. We we spend eight hours a day every day together. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, you should go see our Twitter account. He takes weird pictures. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll make fun of him when he's eating a taco or whatever. Uh, it's Tacos pretty... are hard. Well, he was eating it's a pizza. Pizza. <laughs> And we're back on this already. <laughs> so he was eating a uh, Whataburger uh, taquito as we were getting ready to go to, uh, to Compalooza. And it was me, him, his wife, and my son. We were in the back of his car. And he starts chomping on us. I'm like, look at the gazelle that is eaten by the lion. <laughs> He's ch- just chomping. And I'm, I'm recording this, right? It's like quick 12 seconds or whatever video. And he up and shoots me the finger there. <laughs> so I tweeted out. And everybody just starts laughing. <laughs> of course, then my kids being the, the way they are. And they really like Justin. When we're in the pool, 
My older one, who's a smart ass, kind of like Justin, goes, look at the gorilla in his unnatural habitat as he tries to cross the river. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> what are you calling a gorilla? <laughs> yeah, my kids are pretty funny. <laughs> well, I know I told you guys to have a funny story ready, and we kind of did hear you talk some about your in-jokes, but do you have a funny story for us? Well, we were talking about this as well. I don't, know if... I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> well, I... Uh, Are you talking uh, about yours? Yeah, sure. Or... I was going to tell you guys about the best time that I pissed my pants. Now, this will be clear. She pisses her pants a lot. This is the best time. This is... Yeah. No, that's not true. Um, I don't, but I have been known to piss my pants in the past from laughing so hard. Um, so... And I'm sorry, because I feel like a lot of my stories just aren't funny to other people, but... You got this. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I worked at a ranch, like, four summers in a row between ages 16 and 20. And one of those summers... or oh, Sorry, I'll set it up a little bit more. But there were, like, three different sections of the ranch, and there were, like, cabins and lodges at each of these three sections. And I worked at one specifically, and... Like, every two weeks, we had to move all the furniture off this huge hardwood floor and sweep and mop it. And um, we were doing all this cleaning, and and one one week, I spilled the mop water all over the floor by tripping the bucket on some stairs, actually, and it just, like, went all over the floor. And so I thought that was really funny, and I laughed really hard, and then... The next time I did, I did the exact same thing, and it was so funny that I I pulled the same dumb klutzy mistake that I uh, I laughed so hard I peed my pants, <laughs> and my coworker also laughed. I don't know if she pissed her pants though. See, that's not even that funny. My <laughs> delivery is so bad. Hey, it's okay. <laughs> what about what do you think? Did I pass, guys? Did I pass? I think that's as funny as the Dakito thing. I didn't make that one out. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least there's. Oh yeah. yeah hey, it's yeah, funny. Yeah, that's good. That's I mean, funny. it's not. It's not the Chuck Woolery making you sit down and eat spinach story, but it's it's pretty. It's funny. That was a good story, Joe. That wasn't even a good story. It's just like it's just really weird. It's just like one of those surreal moments in your life where it's like, why is this happening? <laughs> or how is this happening? But I don't know. I think you did a good job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the question. I mean, you say you urinated your pants. <laughs> are we talking like a little? Or are we talking like massive? Because oh, this was like a, I let it all go. <laughs> that, yeah, that was like the only instance since I was a small child that I, or actually the only one as an adult that I remember just like laughing so hard I could not control. I could not control it, and it like all came out, and it was really gross and really funny to me. <laughs> And I haven't done that since, I can say, with conviction. All right, can I ask you a question? <laughs> so, so you're starting to pee your pants. Now, you're realizing you're peeing your pants, <laughs> and you're like, I just fucking just pee my pants. Did you just, like, decide in that moment that you were like, you know what? I already started. Let's just go full bore. <laughs> kind of. It was like, I'm laughing so hard, literally, that I have not been able to stop this. And that in itself was even funnier. And uh, then... And then by the and then I just ended, you know. I didn't have anything I had to stop from. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> it reminds me of a time in chemistry class. A girl sitting in front of me in chemistry class. She was uh, a year younger, 
And we were all laughing pretty hard at uh, what our chemistry teacher did because he was goofy. He mm-hmm. nearly blew his eyeballs off. <laughs> it's out of his head. Seriously, he was one of those kind of guys. Uh, God rest. So he was a great teacher. Uh, Wait, is this story about how he died? <laughs> no, 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 he didn't die. No, he lived. He lived a lot longer. He, he passed away. Like, <laughs> You're dead. Oh, no, I was kidding. <laughs> no, he passed away many, many years later. Uh, so he did something. We all just busted out laughing, but the girl in front of us could not stop laughing. She just she turned red. Okay, she was a blonde girl, and she turned like apple red. Uh-huh. And then by then, she couldn't stop herself, and she peed her pants. <laughs> I mean, she peed her pants bad. It was like back in the day when you wear those acid-colored jeans or whatever. whatever. So oh, they were like, they turned like super dark. <laughs> it was pretty funny. So she was like, oh, can I go? To-? Everybody just started laughing. So anytime we walked by, we're like, psst, oh, psst. No. At least Layla could walk away from it and go, I just got mop water all over me. I know, right? <laughs> poor girl had no excuse. Well, no, it was only me and one other person who, who witnessed me. And I didn't have to tell anyone except for I did now. And, and I didn't have anyone making fun of me for it. <laughs> that so, poor girl. <laughs> yeah. That it stuck so with it for a while. Like, <laughs> so, you, so, so you guys go to the comic shop a lot. At least once a week, yeah. So uh, so Bedrock, I mean, those guys, I mean, from the outside, seem like amazing in terms of what they do. But like. Do you go and, and then they sponsor your store? So do they do work a lot on like building community? Like, is that how you like meet a lot of people, or how does that work for you? Yeah, they're pretty involved. They have a lot of uh, special nights. You know, they'll have like a ladies' night where a bunch of female people will go up there and, and buy comics. Female people. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. What did you say? <laughs> female people. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I was getting a drink. <laughs> so they'll do like a ladies' night where people go up there and 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 girls connect and and meet make their own little groups and they do uh, special events for the holidays and they'll do special sales where people come and. Uh, they do giveaways, and they sponsor us. They do the movie stuff, the movie nights. Uh, they do special movie events. Like, we're going to the Ant-Man screening on July 16th at 8 p.m., and mm-hmm. uh, they actually bought out the entire theater uh, at the Edwards Marquee off of I-10. So if anybody in Houston wants to go to that one, uh, just swing by a local Bedrock and pick up a ticket for 10 bucks, and uh, you'll be able to go and, and join. And they'll have all kinds of raffles and giveaways, and I think they're having a costume contest and all kinds of cool shit. So That's a good comic store. Yeah, that's awesome. It's going to be fun. Since we yeah. first started going there, they were really nice. I mean, before, I mean, we just, it was after Palooza that they decided to sponsor us. Uh, but we've been going there for like almost a year and a half now, almost a little bit longer than that, right? We've been going there for almost three years. Yeah, it's been a while. And uh, they've always been really nice. The people they have working there are really good people. And uh, we have a blast. We go in there, we talk and BS with them and whatnot. And they, you know, they do nice things for us. They'll hunt down books that we ask for and layways. They work with you. And they're really cool people. I got nothing bad to say about them. I only got one bad thing to say. What you got? To say? What? What's your bad thing? <laughs> the one bad thing was that uh, when we were talking about doing the podcast, and we were asking them for ideas. You know, uh-huh. if they had anything that we we might be able to do on the show. Uh, they suggested that we do comic book theater. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> comic book theater. No, the, no. <laughs> the very first episode of the show. We're bringing this up again. <laughs> the very first episode of the show, we uh, we decided to act out an issue of a comic book, and the oh, comic yeah. that we chose to do was Harley Quinn. So Miguel did the voice of Harley Quinn, and I did the voice of Poison Ivy. And I was, sounded more like Harley Quinn. <laughs> it, it's really bad. Yeah. But it's, it's funny because it's so bad. But, uh, <laughs> I can only imagine. We, we've never revisited it. We're going to do it one more time in, in episode 100 as kind of an homage to the beginning. But I'm going on vacation, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only bad advice that ever came out of Bedrock was to try a comic book theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't have skills. <laughs> Not for that, no. <laughs> 
Well, I actually have to get back to work, guys. Yeah. Oh, okay. But um, sorry for being abrupt and cutting this off. No, that's no problem at all. Uh, we want to thank you guys for coming on. It was an absolute blast to talk to both of you. Uh, Likewise. We're going to keep buying Shutter and keep telling everybody to read it because mm-hmm. we love it. It's one of our favorite image titles. Uh, thank you so much. You're an yeah, amazing so artist, Layla fun. and Joe. You know, we love you. Yes. Uh, and, you know, hopefully you guys will come back on again sometime. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah thank my, you. This is my second time around. So yeah. It's fun every time. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Do you want to have them give their Twitter things out? Yeah, yeah. Do you guys want to promote yourselves real quick? Sure. Um, I'm at Layla Del Duca for Twitter. And that my name is spelled L-E-I-L-A-D-E-L-D-U-C-A. I just followed you. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just Joe Keating on anything. J-O-E-K-E-A-T-I-N-G-E. Uh, I'm, what am I on? Twitter and that's JoeKeating.com, which is Tumblr. Yeah. So. Well, thanks, guys. It was an absolute pleasure. Right. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Excellent. Right. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thanks you a lot. Thanks. Right. Bye. Bye. Well, it was a lot of fun to talk to Joe again, and it was really nice to get to meet Layla. Uh, I was really happy to have them both on. Hopefully, we'll get to do it again sometime soon. Yeah, Joe's funny, but Layla's freaking hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Those two together are just nuts. That show could have gone for three hours. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it could have if they had had to go. So just like yourself, I can't wait to have them back on. Yeah, we'll do it again. All right. <laughs> well, let's talk about our sponsor for a second. The greatest sponsor in the world, right? It's the greatest comic shop in the world. Okay. <laughs> Bedrock City Comics here in Houston, Texas. Preach it, brother. Uh, they have five different locations where you can buy all of your comic, sci-fi, fantasy needs. Anything you want, they have it. Sweet. And if they don't have it, they can probably get it for you. Yeah, you know how that goes. <laughs> we'll get it for you. But we also have a special promo code that you can use on their website, which is bedrockcity.com. Uh, last month, we were doing a promo code for apparel. This month, we're doing a promo code for all vinyl toy figures. So the promo code is COMICS. Nice. And all you got to do is go on there and use COMICS, and you get 20% off all vinyl toy figures, including Funko Pops and Dorbs. So, you know, go on there and check it out. they got all kinds of cool shit. What's a Dorb? It's those uh, fat, round... Who do you call them fat? <laughs> That's right. We need a Bubba Cleese door. <laughs> That's right. Get one of those right now. Them Funko Pops over down there at Bedrock City Comics. Use the code COMICS. That's right. And uh, don't forget that they're doing a special screen of Ant-Man on July 16th at 8 p.m. Uh, and if you want to attend that, all you have to do is go to one of the Bedrock locations and buy your tickets. We're going to be there. We'll be there for sure. You already got your tickets, didn't I already, you? I already got my tickets today. Yeah. yeah, I'm still trying to confirm who else wants to go. So I could buy wind up buying anywhere from one to six. Just buy six. Be safe. What? <laughs> what, so I, what happens if it's just me? Then you can stand outside and scalp them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm going to jail. <laughs> I want to see that. It'd be funny. Nice. <laughs> well, let's move on to this week's comics, movie, and TV news. We've got quite a few things to talk about this week. So what do you want to talk about first? Well, there's so much great stuff coming out this week. Uh, I want to hear movies. Movies. Okay. There's a little bit of movies. Uh, number one, Guardians of the Galaxy number two has its official title. What's it called? It's called Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. <laughs> Who the hell thought of that? <laughs> uh, James Gunn was keeping it under wraps what the title was going to be, and then in an incredibly lackluster reveal, it is just called Volume 2. <laughs> so that's going to be like cassette tape, Volume 2. Very nice. It's, it's playing on the awesome mix, yeah. I thought you were going to come back and say it's Guardians 2. <laughs> that's where I thought you were going. <laughs> it's Volume 2, but I, I think it's fine. That's kind of funny, though. It doesn't really need a subtitle. Hey, I did read something about that earlier. I don't know how true it is, but they were saying there's going to be more heartfelt moments or more dramatic moments in Guardians 2? Yeah, they said there was more touching moments than there was in the first one, which is hard to believe. Jesus, I mean, what, Rocket's going to win an Oscar or something? We're going we're gonna to cry the whole way through. <laughs> I don't need to cry. I like my Guardians violent. I don't need crying in there. Everybody needs to cry a little bit. No. <laughs> <laughs> how else Groot's supposed to grow? 
Nice. <laughs> well, let's move on. Uh, the only other piece of movie news is that Olivia Munn released a video of her practicing sword fighting for her role as Psylocke in X-Men Apocalypse. I saw that. What do you think? I thought it was pretty badass. I think it's pretty badass, too. Uh, I've been a fan of Olivia Munn for a long time. I know a lot of people dislike her or think she's a fake geek girl or whatever, but she can act. I've seen her in the newsroom. I've seen her in a few other things. She's a decent actress, and I liked her way back when she was on Tech TV, too. I don't have much to say about her, but I thought seeing her practice a sword and doing this, that was pretty cool. So I'm like, okay, I'll write it in. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that casting choice. We never really did talk about it before on the no, show. No, we didn't. But uh, I'm very happy with her as Psylocke. Yeah, that's, that's a good choice, I think. It's one of my favorite female characters, too. So. Perv. <laughs> Betsy Braddock's a badass. I don't, know, I don't care what you say. Yes, he is. <laughs> what do you want to do next, uh, TV or comics? Give me some TV. TV. Uh, apparently Jessica Lucas has been cast as the Tigress in Gotham, uh, which she's going to be playing a major villain in season two. I don't know who this woman is. Uh, she, she's most well known for being an evil dead and being in Cloverfield. I didn't watch Cloverfield. It kind of made me sick. You never watched it? The stop motion or the camera shaking thingy. It makes me sick. I actually liked that movie too. A lot of people hated it. <laughs> I think I would have enjoyed it if it didn't make me sick. I'm pretty easy to please. I think that's, I think that's something unique about me. I'm not, I'm not a hater when it comes to entertainment. I pretty much watch anything. As long as it's not uh, McConaughey, usually. <laughs> Whatever. You love True Detective. True Detective was great. I can't deny that. But most of his stuff has just got off. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving along. Uh, Secret Warriors are going to be coming to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Interesting. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, Secret Warriors was a comic series that ran from 2009 to 2011. And it's a bunch of powered individuals that work for S.H.I.E.L.D. in the comics. And most of them are the children of well-known superheroes or supervillains. So it's a younger team, and Sky is part of it as Quake. So I'm looking forward to seeing this on S.H.I.E.L.D. I think we're going to see a lot more powers in action in Season 3. That's cool. I still need to finish this season. I'm, you know, behind. Catch up, damn it. I'm trying. <laughs> I ain't got no time. And uh, that's it for TV. Wow. So uh, moving on to comics. So I'm assuming there's a lot of comics news, because you said there was a ton of news. There's a lot of comics news. Okay. Uh, so... Number one on my list of comics news is that Rick Remender has left Marvel to focus on his creator-owned books. Nice. You know, I'm a big, I'm a big Remender fan. I love pretty much everything he's done for Marvel, but uh, I understand. You know, he wanted to go away and work more on his own stuff that he owns and spend time with his family and not be under such strict deadlines. And he's taking a year off. He may come back. That's cool. I mean, never, you know, I understand. But he's a he's a major writer who's no longer going to be writing for Marvel, so they'll be okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they will be. Uh, Boom has announced a really interesting new series from Grant Morrison called Klaus, and it's coming out in November. It's going to be an origin story of Santa Claus. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it looks kind of dark and twisted. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Who released Krampus? Krampus came out from Image, and it was okay. in a similar vein, but uh, this is Grant Morrison, so it's going to be one of his books. <laughs> Klaus. Klaus. Interesting. I might have to read it. Well, I know you're going to pick it up. Definitely. It looks very cool. Cool. Uh, speaking of other newly announced titles, <laughs> San Diego Comic-Con is going to have an exclusive variant of the Colonel's Adventure comic, which is a KFC comic <laughs> that you can only get at San Diego. Hey, I got to go pick that up. <laughs> I knew that one was going to be right up your alley, Bubba Cleese. Oh, you know it. Me and the Colonel, we go way back. So, uh, yeah, go pick up your Colonel Sanders comic book. <laughs> really? Seriously? Oh, my gosh. What's going to be fighting? Road Chicken? He's going to be taking on the king or something? What's happening here? He's fighting Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, I keep all my feathers numbered <laughs> for such an occasion. That's crazy. I thought it was funny. <laughs> uh, okay, so Top Cow. We met Matt Hawkins, one of the uh, 
executives for Top Cow not that long ago at Comic Palooza. Yep. Uh, Top Cow is doing their annual talent hunt, and they're going to have two entry dates, uh, September 15th and January 15th, where people can send in writing samples or art samples based on four different properties that they allow people to choose from. And then they read them or critique your artwork or whatever, and they send it back to you with like a paragraph of notes. And then May 15th, you can send it back to them for a final review. And there's a winner in each category, you know, for writing, for art, for editing. I don't know what all the categories are, but for every category that you could enter, uh, one person will be chosen as a winner and given the opportunity to have a book published by Top Cow. Nice. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was worth mentioning. So any aspiring writers or artists out there, this might be a good way to break into the industry. Yeah, Matt's a pretty nice guy, though. You know? oh. Yeah, he was. He definitely was. And then the big, big comic news today. Dun, dun, dun is that uh, the list of 45 all-new Marvel titles was revealed today in a free magazine that was available in comic book shops. So we kind of have a feeling of what the all-new Marvel Universe is going to look like post-Secret Wars. Well, then give me the titles. I'll tell you, yay or nay. <laughs> you want me to read all 45 titles? Read them out. I'll tell you the hell with it. No. <laughs> right. I figure you're going to. That's what you usually do. I was just going to go over the best ones. All right, give me the best ones. Then. Hit me up with that. I'll, uh, give you I'll, a... I'll go through the whole list. It's fine. Okay. So we got A-Force, which we already knew about. I like that one. Uh, we got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. We have all new, all different Avengers. All right. All new Wolverine. Huh. I guess he's back, or uh, it's going to be X-23 taking his place. Okay. Uh, we got all new X-Men. All right. Uh, we got Amazing Spider-Man. All right. We have Angela Asgard's Assassin. Interesting. Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel. You're going to like this one. Carnage. Really? Carnage is getting his own ongoing. Wow. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Good Carnage or bad Carnage? It's probably going to be bad Carnage. Wow. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Contest of Champions. It's going to be based on the video game property, uh, based on the <laughs> the old comic miniseries from way back in the day. Right. Uh, Daredevil, of course. <laughs> Deadpool is coming back with a new number one. Nice. And How many variants? Creative, <laughs> I don't want to know yet. <laughs> 45. The creative team behind it is going to be Jerry Dugan and Mike Hawthorne. Wow. So Jerry's sticking with Deadpool, and I'm really, really happy about that. That's really cool, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange, which we talked about last week. Uh-huh. Drax is getting his own ongoing. Really? It's kind of cool. Uh, there's the Extraordinary X-Men, which is going to be the new flagship title. Okay. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Hawkeye, Howard the Duck, Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D., <laughs> the Illuminati. And I'm actually really excited for Illuminati because our buddy Josh Williamson's writing it. Hey, all right. It's going to be cool. Uh, Invincible Iron Man, Karnak, The Mighty Thor, Miss Marvel, New Avengers, Nova, Old Man Logan, Sam Wilson, Captain America. So I guess he's maintaining that mantle. We're not going to see Steve Rogers coming back into control of that anytime soon. Wow. Uh, Silk, Scarlet Witch, Spider-Gwen, Spider-Man. So we're going to have Amazing Spider-Man and regular Spider-Man. I think that the Spider-Man title is going to be Miles Morales, and the Amazing Spider-Man title is going to be Peter Parker. Okay. So we'll get both. I have a problem with Miles. Uh, Spider-Man 2099. Yes! You know it! Sweet! Which is being written by Peter David, so it's going to be hey. as good as it has been. I remember when music had lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Peter. <laughs> Spider-Woman, Squadron Supreme, Star-Lord, the totally awesome Hulk. <laughs> wow. Which we talked about this uh, a couple days ago, just off, off the podcast. Uh, there's a rumor that the new Hulk is going to be Amadeus Cho. Amadeus, Amadeus. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I don't know. I don't know. I've it's been Banner for me like forever. I've always been a big Hulk fan, and I've always been a fan of Banner. So I'm I'm not really sure how I feel about Show. I'll be interested to see what they do with it. I'm not opposed to it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how I'm going to feel. I, like I said, I've it's been Banner all my life. 
Uh, so they're going to change it up a little bit, but I guess you know I got to give it a chance. You know, give it a chance. Yeah. Okay. So moving on, uh, Web Warriors. Web Warriors. Yeah. Uh, like all spider friends people? of friends of Spider Man, like spider people, probably Spider Ham, probably people from the Spider Verse that are stuck in this reality. That could be something like that. That should be interesting, depending on who they keep. Yeah. Uh, Ultimates. Who I'm guessing are going to be the ultimate versions of the heroes that are stuck in whatever main world we have after Secret Wars. Uh, Uncanny Avengers. And I'm actually really excited for Uncanny Avengers as well because Jerry Dugan is writing it and Ryan Segman is drawing it. Okay. Wow. Great team. Yeah. Um, And even more exciting than the fact that it's existing is the tagline, which says, Fighting for Humanity, Inhumanity, Mutants, and Deadpool. So Deadpool is going to be part of Uncanny Avengers in this reboot. Wow. Deadpool's always wanted to be an Avenger. Uh That makes me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me so happy. You have no idea. Uh, so next is Uncanny Inhumans, mm-hmm. and then Uncanny X-Men. And Uncanny X-Men is being written by Colin Bunn and drawn by Greg Land. Oh, you know we're picking that up. Uh, Colin Bunn on, on an X-Men title, on the X-Men title. It's going to be dark, brother. It's going to be dark. Probably, but I'm really excited for it. And it's going to be amazing. Yes, it is. And then the last two titles are Venom Space Knight. Because you know Flash Thompson's been riding around with the Guardians uh, yeah. in his new revamped Venom suit. I know. It was so freaking cool. And uh, The Vision. Huh. He's getting his own series. I don't know if I could read the Vision book. It looks kind of cool, the, what I've seen about it so far, reading the news sites. I'm not big on the Vision, but, you know. I'll we'll, check. I'll probably check every single one of them out, sure. <laughs> at least with the number ones. What did you tell me earlier? Oh, the, the war, Secret Wars ends. You won't have so many books. Yeah, right. <laughs> I probably won't. There's way too many titles with all the books that are ending, plus all the Secret Wars titles that are going on. Like, once all of that is over, this will probably be 10 or 15 less than what I'm reading now. You hope. <laughs> I'm, I'm, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. And that's it. That's it for the news this week. So uh, just want to remind everybody, there's a few places you can find us on the internet. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comical podcast. On Twitter, I am at comical podcast. I'm at comical podcast too. What's Bubba Cleaves? Oh, man, I'm over there at, uh, hell, I don't got no, what the hell are we talking about, Twitter? <laughs> I don't got one of those. You find Bubba Cleaves at the Dirty Towel. That's right. I'm there Monday through Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Bubba Cleese, and uh, thanks to Joe and Layla again for joining us. And uh, that's pretty much it, guys. So uh, you want to close out the show? Keep on laughing, bitches. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>